Welcome to episode 18 of the That Guys Are Maniac podcast, uh, a somewhat gaming podcast hosted by myself, Farley, aka Candy One Run. I'm joined by my beautiful co host, Richie. Hello, Richie. Hi. That doesn't work. Say, <laughs> say hello, Richie. Um, hello. The head of the show. Because now we talk like this. At the head of the show, uh, some things for you to look out, out for, where you can find us on the internet. Uh, the prime place where we just post this podcast at the moment is www.thatguys.co.uk. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at That Guys A Maniac uh, for, at the moment, largely screenshots from Pokemon and. Occasionally subtweeting whatever internet drama is going on at the moment. But that's I don't know. You take us. a couple of pictures of like Pokemon cards and things like that. And yeah, that's them true. I might, yeah, I might talk about that. We'll see. Um, however, the the high quality setup, recording studio, and equipment that we have um, isn't cheap. Uh, so we couldn't make the show without generous fictional support from our sponsors. Are we sponsored this week, Richie? We are sponsored this week. Yes, we are. We are sponsored by the Argent Dawn. These um, these fanatical crusaders of the the light that are um, protecting Azeroth from the scourge have generously donated some funds for sponsoring on that guy's a maniac. Um, so for all of your <laughs> plague land scourge killing needs. Look to the Argent Dawn. Argent. Uh, Argent. Argent Dawn. Argent yeah. Dawn. Thanks, Argent Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, what are we going to talk about today? What is the theme <laughs> of our show? <laughs> uh, the theme of the show is um, that, that uh, although much of games media would have you believe that we're all picking up and playing the latest games on stream uh and plowing hundreds of pounds into buying the latest hot property sometimes sometimes dear listener uh you just put a lot of time into one or two games or sometimes you have a game that's your go-to game uh there'll be absolutely no prizes awarded for uh what games we'll be discussing as our kind of go-to games uh, <laughs> we've been playing recently this is not at all a kind of cover-up for the fact that we haven't been playing any other kind of games. Um, but we'll mostly be talking about Pokemon, WoW, and then you've got a secret thing to be talking about, right? No, it's not really a secret. Just just another game I've been playing, which kind of shits yeah. all over your initial point there. Uh, no, I, for some reason, I'm trying to justify to myself why it's okay to talk about Pokemon for the 43rd episode in a row yeah i know i mean like what the last episode was a pokemon yeah. quiz and you were already yeah. thinking are we are we at saturation point for yeah, yeah. <laughs> for our pokemon that, we talked yeah. about the dlc and then we talked about let's go and then we did that romantic quiz <laughs> the compatibility one yeah 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 uh, so yeah here we go another week i guess but first of all i want to talk about because it's you know, it's a strange time for all of us, I think. Uh, a lot of us have been in lockdown, which has actually meant, although some things have been hard, we've had a lot more time on our hands. And so what I've been enjoying is 
just investing um, quite a bit of time uh, into games uh, that perhaps never would have done before. So it almost feels like, you know, when, well, certainly for me, when I was younger, uh, and I think that's why we have this um, nostalgia for games that came out in the 90s, because, you know, you're at school or whatever, uh, and you didn't have anything else on, so you could just, you know, get expert at a game or hundreds of hours into a game. Uh, and then we've complained at length on the blog and sometimes on this podcast as well about, you know, oh, yeah, that game looks great, but it just looks like a time sink. And um, so, yeah, it's been nice to just invest a lot of time in games. But I, I know that you have, well, we'll see what you say. I think you have quite a healthy philosophy when it comes to, you know, why why do you play games and, and, and how do you justify the amount of time you put into it? Um, because, you know, I'm looking at the playtime on, on Pokemon Sword Shield and that's up to 565 hours, which makes me a little bit sick every time I save and I see this gargantuan number kind of um, uh, go up a bit because, you know, there's an opportunity cost to that 565 hours. That could be... X many books that I read, or a skill that I learned, or a language that I learned. Uh, so I have a really hard time sometimes, and some, sometimes I'll just go off gaming for a long, long time uh, until I really start to miss it again. So, yeah, I mean, do you have this problem? Do you think about the amount of time you put into games? Do you? Well, I think you have a slightly healthier philosophy towards it, or as I start to get a bit Catholic about about the whole thing. Well, I mean, I, I definitely don't get, uh, I don't resent any of the time sort of spent on it because. The rest of your life is going to be working, getting, getting money, going to sleep, enjoying time with your partner or whatever, but you do need downtime. Um, and if you don't have downtime, you're just going to, I don't know, frazzle and burn out. Although I, I would argue that sometimes the way you approach games <laughs> is almost worse than how some people have a work ethic. Like, I, I, I was astounded when I saw your Animal Crossing binder of every single thing that you created and little tick boxes so that you could go through and, you know, choose all of these things and, uh, and sort of mention these things. And the same goes for Pokemon in, in some ways as well. It's like, I don't understand how you can <laughs> choose to think, right, you know what, I'm going to spend the next... 24 hours of this game getting my boxes in alphabetical order or something stupid <laughs> like that. I know you would never do alphabetical as a fucking national text and, <laughs> and that's what it's there for. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just um, I, I, I don't really um, resent the time but a lot of the time that I used to put into games and I, this is something that's very very pertinent right now because of COVID was most of the time that I used to spend in my uh, games was in my commute so I would yeah. actually have a hell of a lot of time clocked up on like Pokemon DS games or games that I had on the PS Vita as well um, and it would just be because I was on the tube or on the train or like getting from A to B and I would just you know pack in the, the hours that way and like it's easy when you when I used to have like an hour and a half commute and that's three hours of solid gaming a day and then before you know it at the end of the week you've done 30 hours end of the month you know you've done 120 hours plus um and it just very very quickly adds up and like Pokemon I think it was Pokemon X and Y 
I just had such a hideous amount on it. Like, I had more hours than you clocked on it, but only because yeah. I was just, like, I had an hour and a half to spend in the morning or and in the evening coming home sort of thing. Um, but now I don't have a commute. Things have changed uh, a lot. Um, I, th- I think one of the number one things that has changed is actually because I don't have the commute anymore. Um, my days spread out a little bit more and I actually have the time to do such things as like um, be home early enough to go to raids and that's not something I, I would have ever thought I would have done in World of Warcraft I didn't think like when World of Warcraft Classic came out I thought right okay that's going to be me getting to 60 having a little bit of fun that's about it but now I'm actually part of like the core raiding team um, and like join them every sort of Tuesdays and Thursdays and I just thought I mean that's really really cool that I was able to do that well, cool is probably not the right word <laughs> it's not synonymous <laughs> with World of Warcraft well, well, no there's, there's also that right? because and we, we tend to do a lot and you, you hear it a lot again on you know other people's podcasts and whatever it, uh, we're as bad I think ourselves uh, if you want to lump together the gaming community uh, in inverted commas um, in that you kind of have these hang-ups about about you know saying oh, no, actually I really enjoy this and therefore you know I put this time into it um, but there's this I don't know there's this, a kind of a self-inflicted stigma about it right? you, you like playing WoW one of the upsides to to lock down the pandemic and COVID is you've actually been able to engage in raids that's cool you should be able to say that's cool without you know kind of prefacing it with well I don't know if it is cool actually because it's a big old <laughs> gamey waste of time and i do it you know i'm not i'm not saying see but we all do it yeah uh, and i don't know why you know if it was uh, i don't know if it was chocolate tasting or playing cricket or you know the hobbies and pastimes that many people have you know they wouldn't, they wouldn't necessarily be quite so uh uh self-deprecating about it i guess i don't know maybe this is just all my own hang-ups coming out <laughs> it sounds like your own rationales coming out. <laughs> yeah, but then, but then I think that's. Um, I, so there's two two things on on that, and I think one of the one of the reasons why I've stuck um, with Pokemon, and there are a few other series that that have. I mean, there are a few other series that kind of uh, stayed, uh, you know, as games, and and with Pokemon, of course, you can kind of transfer things over. Is because at one point. Uh, in my life when uh, things were kind of tough and it was just study and work and kind of really didn't have much money for anything else. Um, pretty much all I had was Pokemon Sapphire on a GBA. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, one, I remember one month it was like, do I, um, you know, eat nice food or do I buy this super cheap uh, sealed GameCube with Colosseum and box in it, uh, and play it on a tiny CRT, and that's what I did. Um, so yeah, so you know that was another period of time, and I used to play it on the train. So on the train in and the train out was was uh, GBA Pokemon Sapphire, um, which is why uh, uh, I like uh, that game in particular. Um, so there's that uh, side of things which kind of. Um, feeds into it as well, um, kind of nostalgia, uh, and so it's nice to have. You know, for a lot for a while, 
kind of gaming was really a highlight of the day. There's like nothing else going on, um, you know, or, or it's just hard work and just being tired. Uh, and so it's nice to kind of put some some time in without actually having that kind of uh, depressing feeling surrounding it as well. Yeah, uh, but the other thing is, of course, it's not just life, work, and all that sort of thing getting in the way, but it's actually partners as well. Um, <laughs> and no offense to to the to the people that manage to put up with our shit, um, but um, it's true. It's like we prioritize them, and quite often there is a, you know the times where we try to introduce them. You have more success than me. Um, with introductions to video games, I feel. Um, but uh, we sort of change the way that we play games so that we can try and be inclusive um, to to our other halves, which we spend a lot more of our lives with as well. Yeah, and that yeah, yeah. And then sometimes as well, you just hit. I mean, I think I hit it this week. Um, it's okay. I've got it out of my system now. <laughs> I want to put down the controller. And I don't want to touch video games for a while. You know, you just, you just get, I, I have to do something. I could be sucked into this uh, all day, every day. There was a moment where uh, I was sat, and oh, it was horrible. I was listening to a Pokemon podcast. I had just popped a metal box in Go. So I was kind of, you know, absent mindedly <laughs> catching Meltans whilst. Uh, doing bits and pieces on on Pokemon Sword and Shield, <laughs> and I kind of had an out of body, ex- you know, moment. Of, oh, <laughs> hell, look at you! Look at look at what part of your life has the Pokemon Company not got its tendrils in right now? I, I think I was also sat there, ironically, sat there wearing my Poke Walker as well. You know, registered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You were sat on your your toilet, which is shaped like a Pokeball. <laughs> yeah. It's good. And I, was, I was, and I was jigging my leg to get my poker walker steps up and my <laughs> steps up. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, but the other the other thing I was, was going to mention, um, because one of the things that uh, comes up every now and then in the general gaming discourse, so particularly when uh, you know we're talking about um, games where you can't choose a female main character um and you know people come up with this excuse of well you know oh, well, it's my escapism you know i don't want politics or reality or whatever in my in my escapism i've always felt that's kind of lame and i don't really see gaming as escapism per se you know i don't it's not like i'm transported to whatever galah or raccoon city and and everything else phases out um that's never trying no, me. No, that's anyway. not. That's not what people mean by escapism. Uh, it is. Um, it's the same way as television or was called escapism and things like that. It is just generally a point where you can kind of shut off your brain from the troubles around you, and that, and that that's that's a fine kind of escapism, you know. Yeah, but that's. That, I don't think that's ever been true with any. Me- okay, we know you could you could argue if you're playing Tetris. You know, if you're in flow, playing Tetris Effect. You know fine okay that's fine but uh, you know that's where all great art media literature and tv and film comes from you know is it comes from it's either you know a parable or like a moral tale or it's based on you know some kind of reality or it's, it's more through to, to a documentary yeah yeah i know but the, the thing is you're getting a story told to you so you the the cerebral part of like having to crunch something in your brain just kind of moves out and you do, you absorb it 
sort of by osmosis. I'm getting very, very philosophical here, and that's sort. Of, <laughs> uh, but no, like you mean diffusion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Diffusion osmosis, osmosis because it's only water. water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> but um, the metaphor still stands true. Uh, but yeah, no, like when you're. I mean, when you're sitting watching a film. Yeah, it can be something mindless like a Fast and the Furious, whatever film, and it you know hey, it hey, has hey. what? Have you ever? I mean, I know it's just a throwaway example. But have you ever looked at the Fast and Furious canon? Um, no, is there different timelines? Because I, I heard the next one's going to be set in space or something like that. <laughs> it's it, it, you know for a for a for a movie that you know on the surface is a throwaway you know they they pay surprising amount of detail to how the canon weaves together across the films anyway let's just say <laughs> my point is like when you're sitting uh, in those kind of situations yes there with games of course there is the the ability to be cerebral there is genuinely like and especially in our two examples of wow and pokemon we can sit there and we could spend ages thinking, right, what is the best set of stats for X Pokemon or what is the best set of gear for this thing? And do some theory crafting. And quite honestly, sometimes it is, you know, like, and this is a little insight into who Richie is as well. But, uh, <laughs> like, but, uh, the, the, but, uh, box, like, the box lid is coming open. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like, <laughs> but, like, for instance, like, if you're in bed at night and perhaps you're thinking oh shit i've got to do x for work or oh no i need to do i need to do some life admin and get i don't know some kind of insurance sorted out for something like that and sometimes you know your heart rate goes up and you're thinking about this in bed and you're like shit i shouldn't be thinking about this but one of the best things i do to completely turn that off is start delving deep into theory crafting for pokemon <laughs> or wow yeah and, and that, that sends me right to sleep because it yeah, is yeah. it becomes uh almost like a pavlovian escapism oh my yeah, god well, where did these <laughs> words come from <laughs> this is like an amateur philosophy hour um no, I, I mean i think that's exactly and that's a, a really nice segue because that's that's kind of where I was, I was going is that i do uh find some escapism in games but it isn't the kind of literal escapism that I think uh, sometimes gets put out there. It is uh, kind of, you know, unlike the real world, um, particularly at the moment, uh, where just on all fronts, there's a lot of uncertainty and hideousness. A game world, um, you know, has an, you know, a simulation or a place which has its own rule set. And I think that's what uh, I really like with some games, not all games, but particularly with, uh, with Pokemon, which is you know fairly complex game, when you look at all the moving parts, but there is a robust kind of rule set not only to the mechanics of the game, but that also you know, what you can and what you can't do. And so that's something that I increasingly I'm kind of appreciating. You know, that's what I'm really enjoying about these things. Is if I do this, this, and this, this should happen. Or uh, you know, these are if I'm looking to train up a particular Pokemon, these are the potential moves that I can have and here's the uh, and so it's just a nice kind of you know it's a nice safe uh set of hard rules um and so I think that's part of my escapism um 
with games just, just enjoying being in a, a kind of you know a self-contained pocket universe and not having to worry about uncertainty or kind of being a master of or knowing uh, uh the rule set and then working with that yeah i mean what you're saying there is like um there's that definition of play um or fun uh, which is learning within constraints or mm-hmm. within yeah so it's kind of like that it's just like because you've got your sandbox world or your sandbox set of worlds or the set of rules that apply in that universe you can kind of they're usually much much simpler as well <laughs> than real world life yeah, problems yeah. you know um <laughs> at any second just walk across a road and get hit by a bus who knows you know um but uh because you've got these little set rules you get to sort of live within that universe and it does take you out of your own world and take you away from reality just for a little while and i think that that that's probably where the escapism side comes from it and, and i mean people were saying the same thing about tv and stuff like that and i i don't understand because tv kind of went full circle and came back to just mimicking real life um <laughs> with reality shows I, I suppose they've gone around this circle again it's just clowns on tv yeah but there we go yeah go on well you know and now you know now with them uh which i don't think anyone predicted really you know with now with streaming just being such a uh uh popular thing you know not just within gaming across cosmetics across god those and you know that's the i guess that's the ultimate tv right is watching somebody else do something or, or kind of being part of a community of people watching us somebody else do yeah something. i mean yeah, that Twitch, the pure success of Twitch is just fucking nuts. I, I, I guarantee, like, if you had said that to someone, you know, back in the 90s when we're playing yeah. our N64, it's like, yeah, yeah, people just prefer to watch you playing a game. Like, what? Yeah. What are you talking about? You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I think, well, certainly in this country, I think maybe everywhere, um, you, know, t- t- you know, we never got a decent uh you know tv video game anything really adaptation game show <sighs> the odd documentary here and there but they can be more about you know oh, what's this crazy beeping booping stuff that these weirdos do in their bedrooms um, <laughs> beeping yeah, it, booping it, stuff yeah you know it would have to have that kind of disdainful air yeah um, whereas you know now uh, it feels like, anyway, and obviously communities of interest are much more connected. Uh, you know, it feels like, exactly as you said, you know, you, can, you almost want to go back to the 90s and just laugh at the TV exec saying, you, you have no fucking idea what they'll be doing in 30 years' time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, like, we did have some good TV shows, but, I mean, they were, they were self... Um, realizing as to how how that sort of subgenre was like looked upon as well like if you look back at games master it was it was fun it was not the right format to do games in at all you know no, uh, here's somebody playing a game for 30 seconds and they're doing it competitively they've never seen it before this is a thing and here look everybody is wearing fingerless leather gloves trench coats and sunglasses because they're all neo from the matrix yeah yeah you know <laughs> uh, 
and you know the just the diversity of stuff that we're seeing on platforms like uh twitch and youtube is is you know we've some people kind of you know do essentially gaming news podcasts other people uh you know really getting into almost you know art history design um you know video game archaeology type stuff and it's uh, and it's yeah, so it's like, oh, we could have had all of this. And I don't, I don't know, maybe it's a hang-up for our generation, which, you know, started on TV. Um, whereas, I guess, younger people today, you know, the idea of, like, oh, this is program I want to watch, and I've got a one window to watch it, and it's six o'clock on Friday, and if I miss it, that's it, probably forever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it just, yeah, it just felt like, uh, you know, television was much more important Um uh, than it is, you know. Still, I still see it as like a. Or, or, I just can't shift the notion that if something's on TV, you know, that makes it, that means it's mainstream and that means it's important. And I think, you know, that time is that time is gone, and we're clearly seeing that. Anyway, philosophy aside, uh, who wants to go first? <laughs> Do you want to talk about Pokemon? Or I think um, let's let's go WoW first, and then finish with my 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 other game that I've been playing. Um, okay, imagine you're talking to an idiot who has not been following what's been going on with WoW and the expansions and what the current expansion is. Uh, so where do we leave? When we talked about WoW last time, where were you? Uh, I think we left um, as I was doing some raiding in Blackwing Lair, which is the second big raid um, in World of Warcraft. Um, and... Well, just to quickly drop it back to um, what has actually happened so far and where we're about to get to. So Pre- there is previously, <laughs> previously, yeah, previously, on <laughs> previously on why Richie has no life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> previously on no 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 no. Um, so we have uh, six phases uh, in World of Warcraft. Um, phase one was uh, the introductory phase, and they brought out molten core with that. Um, phase two was dire so, sorry. mall. Sorry, go sorry. on. When you say they brought out molten core, what does that mean? Is that is that there's is like an extra area in the game? Was there an area there before? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, molten core. Uh, sorry, I, I, when they brought out was probably the wrong phrasing to use there. Um, yeah. uh, because it launched and it launched with Molten Core. Now, there is arguments here. It's not very, very interesting, but basically, because WoW Classic is not the same as World of Warcraft, WoW Classic is actually the very last patch of the original World of Warcraft. So the very very last patch before the burning crusade which was the first expansion came out so it has all of the talents it has all of the tweaks it has all of the updates um that um came with the final iteration of the the game but um what they've done is they launched out and they brought it out in different phases um just so that you can have content sort of rolled out as it comes out as opposed to having a great big slew of content straight away um, and just breaking the game uh, in a fashion. Do you understand what I'm saying there? 
So what's the difference between the day before Molten Core is out or, or Blackwing Lair and the day after? Is it okay. there's a new area, there's a new NPC, there's a like what's the difference? Well, um for well the day before Molten Core came out was there was no uh, WoW Classic because it was the first raid. It was the first yeah. thing that skip came to, out. Skip to and the most Blackwing Lair. What what Okay, so Blackwing Lair player, Okay. You Black all know it's was actually, Yeah. You're all excited <laughs> for it. It comes out. What did that? What did that mean? It means that you. Well, <laughs> the lead up to it was actually quite fun. Um, what what it meant was, um, the week before they allowed you to get attuned to the to the raid. Now attunement. <laughs> I, I know. So don't you, laugh. You whip out. You whip out a lock arena. And then you, <laughs> <laughs> you you have to um, you have to do another dungeon and you have to get to the very very end of it and you have to do a quest there and that then allows you to actually enter Blackwing Lair, um, okay. yeah. But uh, so you, there was a lead up to it and that was actually quite exciting. Um, but basically, that then meant that you were allowed to get into Blackwing Lair. Um, the entry to Blackwing Lair is actually quite weird um, because it doesn't really follow... It's not like a door or a portal or anything like that. Yeah. You, you put your hand on an orb and you zone in. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, basically that was just suddenly made available. But with it, in that, um, that raid, comes with it loads of new gear. It also has mm -hmm. new quests um, uh, tied to it and new craftables. Um and the ability to sort of make um some new weapons and things like that as well. So, so with each phase, so it, it's basically a gear jump. Yeah. Okay. So that's why you're so excited about it because it's new stuff to do, new stuff to get, new stuff to grind for. Yeah. New stuff. And also previously, um, I hadn't got further than um, uh, one of the bosses in uh Blackwing Lair, and so I it was all new content to me to actually see the fight. So it was. It was new old, new old, new content for you. Yeah, N nostalgia and new... catharsism also. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know? All right. Okay. But... Now, now I, now I understand a little bit when you say this came out and this came out and this came out. <clears throat> okay. So phase one was uh, molten core. It also had another raid, which is it's a very cheap raid. It's called uh, Nexia, where you go and kill a dragon. It is super easy, super straightforward. It is just not fun anymore. Um, but it's a thing. Um, phase two was the introduction of PvP or the honor system. Um, and that's where I hadn't leveled up to 60 at that point. Yeah, I think, I think you told us how you're, you're basically a walking chicken drumstick. For, yeah, that was a snack. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was just a tasty snack to hoard people. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like. You are just so weak and easy, and you're gonna give me honor points. Boom! All right. So but that's yeah, when um, you shifted off to an island and landed turtles in yes. isolation. <laughs> Literally in isolation, <laughs> went and killed turtles with like maybe two other people that were there as well. <laughs> it's just a, it, it's, it's a fairly unknown place in World of Warcraft, which is nuts that there's such a thing. Let's <laughs> just go and farm some turtles until all this blows over. It's brilliant because the turtles they drop. Um, they drop uh, clams 
and you can open the clams and you can get sort of different loot from them. So my interaction with my guild, who were all 60 at this point and they were actually doing molten core raids and shit, uh, was, oh there's this guy, he's, he's sort of trying to stay out of the way of like PvP and every so often I would just type in chat, right I've got 40 clams, I'm opening them all up, what's the bets on how many golden pearls are going to drop from them, you know, And because it's, again it's just one of these craftable mat things and, and it was good fun. But that was literally my only interaction with them until I actually got myself to 60 um, at around, I don't know, probably two weeks before <laughs> Blackwing Lair dropped. So all that buzz and excitement that everybody was having, I was like getting swept up in that and like, oh, you come, you, you can come and heal for us. Hey, yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> fun. You know, sure, okay. It's the big boys table now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um... And, and it was quite cool because I went through uh, a couple of raids beforehand and I went through the proper initiation because <laughs> within the guild it's kind of like they'll give people a little test to see if they're any good at raiding or if they want to continue on, what's their schedule like and all that sort of stuff. Or even if that person even wants to continue raiding and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so I joined as a holy paladin and I was just doing some heals and I wasn't great, I had shit gear, but, you know, things happened and we, we killed the bosses that we needed to kill and we moved forward in that fashion. Um, until one day, um, the paladin um, class leader just sort of says, um, do you mind sort of staying after the raid and join us over here, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh god, shit, is there something wrong? <laughs> I thought I was going to get like, reprimanded, you know? <laughs> kick the shit out of you behind the bike sheds and kicks you out of the guild. But no, I had a proper initiation of being moved to Raider whilst uh, him and a couple of the other paladins who dressed up in their tear sets <laughs> sort of said, Neil Richaladin. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> it was proper geeky, but, you know, that's the sort of shit that you live for, you know. That yeah, is something yeah. I will remember, you know. Um, yeah. and, and it was cool just to go through that and be part of it, you know. And hopefully we'll get some more paladins in the guild and <laughs> I'll be part of that next um, initiation of that raider sort of thing. <laughs> that's cool. But, yeah, um... So after uh, after um, Blackwing Lair, there, which had been out for I don't know probably like a couple of months or something, um, they brought out Phase Four, um, which is a new battleground and also a raid called Zulgrub, and Zulgrub is a well, it was designed as a catch-up raid. So okay. for people who had perhaps not been able to go to Molten Core, you could get most of the gear that you needed to succeed in Blackwing Lair, um, but not as good as Blackwing Lair gear, um, in some cases. Um, and um, yeah, so it was just, it, it was an easy raid. Um, people were expecting it to be worse than it was, but um, when it started, it was. We were so overgeared from being in Blackwing Lair for two months, um, and we'd sort of distributed the gear, and we do have a core set, you know, of people. So all the gear was quite well set out, to the point where we didn't even really see any of the mechanics of any of the Zulgarov <laughs> like, raid. Like the guys, 
the guy's still mid cutscene about how he's going to destroy you and he's already dead. Yeah, That's pretty it. much. <laughs> it, it, it was just it just became a case of our tank hitting it. It was dead, and <laughs> I was just healing people around it. That was that was literally it. Um, but you didn't then get to see the phase two, phase three. Never, never. <laughs> I, I mean, that that's another thing is like even just to go back previously to what I was saying about how they brought out the final version of World of Warcraft, but they're bringing it out in phases. What that mm. meant was, is back in the day, back in 2005, they actually tuned down Molten Core to make it easier, which means that they actually released... Uh, World of Warcraft Classic with that easy version of Molten Core. So it's actually not even that hard to run through as well. Um, most people are just using it to do speedruns and grab the gear that they need. So it, it's a bit sad in that, because you know, I'd like it to be a bit harder, you know, and I, and try those mechanics and things like that. Um, but, but that is what it is. Um, Molten Core just became an easy thing to do for people. Um... But now, um, we are moving into phase five uh, at the end of July. So this is five of six, and then question mark as to what happens with Web Classic. Question mark. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've gone into ramblings on the blog about what happens <laughs> yeah. next. Uh, you know, you is it, it going to uh, be... What's, what's the post called? Um... Classic plus the fantasies, I think. <laughs> there we go. www.thatguys.co.uk Classic plus yeah. the fantasies. You'll see all but the in all actuality, what's going to happen is the Burning Crusade um, is going to come out. Um, and Or the Burning Crusade Classic. Um, so there won't be any more World of Warcraft Classic. I, I, I don't know. Or however they want to approach it. There was a post a few months back where they sort of said how to, to the community blizzard asked the community how would you like us to handle this do you want to keep your characters in classic or do you want everything to move to um the burning crusade or anything like that it's not been confirmed in any fashion um at all and there is still that possibility that the the retail version of world of warcraft which has um what's it called um it's called uh shadowlands um, mm. It's going to have this new thing where you can revisit old expansions, and mm. everybody's getting tuned down to level sixty as well. So there's like there's a weird sort of corporate. Yeah, uh, yeah, there's like I, I I could feel like I was at a meeting where people were thinking, how can we just get all of the people who liked our old game back into the new game? Yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> and, um, um, so yeah, going back a bit. Uh, when you mentioned the Burning Crusade, you said, you know, is it is it going to be so instead of being Wild Classic, it'll be Burning Crusade Classic? What do you mean there? Do you mean that so is Burning Crusade one of those ones where it makes permanent changes to the world? You, you yeah, yeah. Have, um, so it was the first have... expansion that came yeah. out. Um, it raised the level cap to seventy. Yeah. Uh, it gave everybody new skills. It made Rip Paladins viable. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it also gave a new world as well, new raids, new dungeons, and things like that. Um, but again, it, it was another um, it was another 
example of how much the game changed because there was actually a lot that um, through the life cycle of the Burning Crusade um, changed um, for a lot of the classes and how they act and how powerful they were. Um, so it becomes more of a is it history going to repeat itself or are they going to phase it out and make people undergeared to start off with or sorry underpowered and sort of move in those directions i don't know this is i mean this is can you think of another example in in video games of this because this yeah apparently um uh runescape do it where you can okay. just go uh, go back and do or they every sort of month they have like a season challenge where you go and play through an old expansion and things like that so there there is people who do that you know because it's you know it's not it's not a remake it's not a reimagining um there are bits and bits you know it's like you know the, the state of wow classic as you're playing it now is a state that you know didn't technically exist um if you were playing it first time around you know with all the whatever the, the level and the gear combination and the talents that you've got and what's available and what's not available so it's just um yeah i don't, I don't know do we even have a it, term to describe what's happening it's like a it's a its own thing it, it, it's weird because as you follow it there is um so many new metas evolving as everybody's yeah. banging on about um so when the game first came out there was um, the dungeon meta, which basically meant that people were leveling up through dungeons alone, um, and it was or dungeon cleave, sorry, where it was just a bunch of mages and they were just doing AOE damage, and you know it, it was just insane um, how quickly you could just run through the game and never actually see the outside world, just just go from dungeon to dungeon to dungeon to dungeon, and <laughs> just just. A walking gaggle of carpet bombs, basically. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> but th- this was all perfectly doable uh, back in an old um, the the original version, vanilla version. Um, uh, but it's just we never people weren't uh, as um, tuned in. But because there's such a bigger community now, because everybody can come together much much easier than they could in the previous um, iteration of it where it was more just sort of down to a server and server basis. Now the whole world is tuned into like, you know, Asmongold doing XYZ or whatever, or whoever it is on, on, on Twitter who's got the new meta or is discussing the new meta. It's just mm-hmm. way more accessible for everyone. Now there's currently a meta for dungeon boosting where people aren't even fucking playing it. They, <laughs> they go to a dungeon, they pay someone eight gold, uh, and that someone basically is a level 60 who's overgeared and can clear the whole dungeon in like five minutes and you just get boosted through it um yeah uh, that's a bit sad i wouldn't i personally (laughs) not interested in doing that that just takes a lot out of the game for me yeah Um, it's it comes up with um because you see this sorry to take a slight um divergence um, but you see this mechanic in a lot of gacha games. Uh, I think we talked, I can't remember what, in what context we talked about it. But when kind of a key, or not a key mechanic, because in this game it, it's something you basically opt to do. Um, but you know, when you're getting tickets to kind of skip skip battles uh, and get the rewards, you're like, hang on, what, you know, or games which have autoplay, you know, how, you know, how 
how broken is our interaction with these with these games in that we want to play them but we don't actually want to play them because you know they're boring uh or this bit is boring so kind of skip me through and it i found it really interesting and i don't i mean i'm not saying as you weren't either i'm not saying you know you shouldn't do that or you should you know it's not not it's not for us to tell anyone else how they play um but it's interesting how these these things come up uh you know and obviously for some people they decided it's it's worth my eight gold for five minutes. Um, I yeah, want to provide I mean, a service. Other people want to use it. Fine. Yes and no. Um, like, if somebody chooses to play it that way, it does mean at the end of the game, there's going to... Or at end game, not the end of the game. <laughs> at end game. game. <laughs> you hit the credits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just before you hit the credits. <laughs> no, um, at, at end game... Um, you're going to be having to just relearn your class um, a bit as well, and you might not be as geared, or you're you're going to have to do other things. I I, I don't know. I I mean, I'm not saying that the way that you level up is perfect. It's a fucking grind, you know. Yeah, exactly. It, it, yeah. yeah, and it can be. Um, but at the same time, choosing for someone else to do it and paying them gold, gold is like not the easiest thing to come by in that game you know in vanilla or classic it's it's still a hard commodity to make gold um and you've got like people who control the economics of these fucking servers and things like that as well um but yeah it's uh it's it's tough because all of these new metas do appear and as soon as a new phase comes out a new meta will appear for somebody to do something else so for instance Zolgarub came out. It was a level yeah. 60 raid for 20 players rather than 40. Uh, but there are still mages that are able to solo big parts of it and are actually doing boosting in, in Zolgarub as well. Which is fucking nuts. You know, like back in the day. Back in the day. Okay. Uh, <laughs> when um, WoW was WoW. And there was none of this easy <laughs> soloing. <laughs> Hovis was Hovis, and <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's um, it's odd because like there's no way anyone could have conceived of somebody just being able to grind down that sort of stuff um, and um, kill all these big packs of crocodiles or whatever in in the original game, and it's just it's just it is a thing people do for money now, you know. <laughs> mm. Um, yeah, it's like because uh, because you've released a game in a different age and with different um, uh, what's it called different connections to the the rest of the world through social media and Twitch and all that sort of stuff, it just becomes a bit more. It becomes more of a game than anything else, um, yeah, see, and, and all these metas emerge. That's interesting. It's something you've mentioned a couple of times uh, when you've been talking about about WoW Classic is that the and I don't know it's something that I always assumed was the case because you know uh, World of Warcraft was a um, massively multiplayer multiplayer online game so you know if you've got it you've got a a computer but was it just the case that back in the day uh, they're just <laughs> you know there weren't the same forums or video, you know I imagined it was always a connected community right there was there was like yeah, the one but, or two yeah but keep keep in mind that like there was no youtube guides that's how old wow is mm. 
there was, was the closest. No, it was 2005, 2004, 2005. Like, was the, YouTube in 2005. There was not YouTube guides. The <laughs> only thing that you got on fucking World of Warcraft on YouTube, because remember, it was much, much different time. Um, the was uh, AMVs. You know, it'd be Torrens dancing to fucking Love Numa them. Numa. You know, yeah. that is that is what um, the, the gaming community was doing in those times. They weren't doing walkthrough guides. There was no concept of somebody talking through a microphone and saying, and this is how you can best do Strathome in 45 minutes. You know, like, that just wasn't a thing. Guides that I used were written guides. Written by people. <laughs> They were handwritten, and they passed <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. around. And <laughs> they were on parchment. Somebody in your village, <laughs> yeah, in your village <laughs> would transcribe them, and every now and then they'd make a mistake, and then that's how you got your your WoW strategy <laughs> from the from the travelling WoW strategy man. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he came to the village once a month. Uh, no, I, I, and, and I remember it was. I think it was. Um, Jonah's um, WoW guide, and that, that's what everybody used, and it was just basically a web page that everybody went to, and there was, it was, it was websites that were dedicated, and there was only like one or two that were good at it. So there was um, Thoughtbot, which became WoWhead, and it, it's just basically a great big encyclopedia of everything World of Warcraft, uh, but it would still take time for a page to load. That's what I remember. <laughs> that's how old it is, you know. It would. You would be playing World of Warcraft. You would open up, not even Chrome in those days. It would have been fucking something <laughs> else. AOL online. <laughs> it could be something like that, you know. Like probably not Internet Explorer, but um, it wouldn't have been Chrome. You'd have been opening up a browser in the background. You would have gone to search for something. You'd have gone back to the game, and then you would have come back to whatever that search was doing. I remember that as a thing. And, you know, it, it's just crazy how old it was back then. And technology as well. I mean, that's the other big thing here is, like, we were playing those games on, like, not very fast internet. There was lots of latency, you know? So uh, the game is now way smoother and nicer running than it ever was before. You know, like, PvP is actually, you know, a bit more competitive as opposed to you know what it was back then you know, whoever uh, has the best connection wins basically it, 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 no sometimes it's the person <laughs> with the worst connection that won <laughs> you know it's time traveling around and yeah and, yeah manipulating space and time in fact yeah amazing yeah i, I I don't know. It's weird how the the mind works, but I would have said. But yeah, like surprise, so none of that stuff existed back back uh, when WoW had its first run. Yeah. So I mean, its first run, it was literally it was just like websites, um, like Big Red Kitty for the the hunters, um, and uh, Big Bear Butt for the the druid tanks and things like that, uh, and and that was the, the that was our go to of information as opposed to the slew. Um, of videos that you can see on YouTube now for guides on how to do, you know, um, kill the crocodile packs in Zolgarab or whatever, you know, like there is just so much information out there, it's ridiculous. Not to mention, you can join a Discord 
which you know that's the great big deep theory crafting shit that's going on as well but yeah um so where was i i think we just caught up with what's been going on in wow so what are you doing now <laughs> well right now currently it's phase four um so right. this is still zulgarub um right but uh in all honesty this is billy big balls here oh, <laughs> <good>. yeah <laughs> um yeah. Scottish world champion. Wow. <laughs> we as a guild have like trounced um, Zulgarub to the point where we're just not even going anymore. Like we've got to fully exalted. Man, we've got everything we so need. Tough. We will go back. Yeah, we will go so back. Hard. And... <laughs> so brave and tough. Here um, is one and all. <laughs> but yeah, it's. Um... It's like been super easy, so um, we've got to feel exalted. We'll go back for enchants occasionally or something like that. But um, I think Zilgarob is dead to us. So what we're doing now is we're actually just doing uh, Knights of um, Molten Core and Blackwing Lair together because we got the the time down on both of those raids down to about an hour, um, and we're just sort of having a little play about. And I've been, um, because I've, like, one of the better, um, geared rep paladins in there. I've just hang been on, hang doing... on, hang on, hang on. One of the better? Are you saying you're not the best rep paladin in your guild, let alone your server, let alone the whole game? <laughs> one of the better geared rep paladins in there. So we need... I'm not quantifying the where I am in the scale of Susie, how... Susie Smallballs. <laughs> so you're saying you're Susie Smallballs. <laughs> Susie Smallballs. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but actually, it's an oxymoron to say anyone is a good rep paladin. Yeah, I mean, especially yeah. you, yeah. I imagine. Uh, oh, fuck off. Prick. <laughs> but yeah, um, so I've been doing some... Um, damage dealing in Molten Core and Blackwing Lair. It's been really good fun. Um, and I have been deep diving into the Spelladin meta. How many of those words did you understand? Uh, I understood deep diving and meta and Ladin. So I imagine, what, is this a, a build where you can cast spells as a paladin <laughs> um uh, yeah essentially yes um so it's uh it's not Back casting code without the enigma machine <laughs> there you go <laughs> belly so, big balls code cracker yeah, yeah. um <laughs> so what's a smelladin a smelladin um yeah. it's basically worse than a rip paladin um, <laughs> so you weren't you weren't content with not being a good paladin, or not even being a second best paladin. You're artificially challenging <laughs> yourself by being an even worse paladin. Yeah, it's basically because I've got uh, all of the best gear for it, um, oh, and it's also yeah. it's just different, um, and it, it, it's fun. Um, so, like. Uh, the whole concept behind it is just to stack yourself up with as much spell power gear as possible and hit things as fast as possible so that you're doing more damage, more little damage 
in a smaller space of time sort of thing. Um, and yeah, it's good fun. Um, I've got a big ninja sword and the full tier 2 with it as well, which is good fun. Um, but yeah, <laughs> you don't care. And nor does anyone else out there. Um, but yeah, ultimately, it can never even perform as good as a normal attack power um, uh, paladin. Yeah, so you're kind of spinning your wheels a bit, coming up with gimmick builds because you can. Yes, until we're waiting for the release of Phase yeah. 5, which is at the end of um, July. Um, so Phase 5 is bringing with it Anchorage. <laughs> or AQ. That... Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's another two dungeons. So it's slightly... Um, it's, it's, it's a bit different. Um, with it comes with... Uh, it comes with the war effort. Um, which is a special event where... Everybody has to collect, you know, lots and lots of things, and eventually one person will win the Scepter of the Shifting Sands, and there can only ever be one person in the whole um, server who can get this. So it's oh, super like, special. It says that Harry Potter. Yeah, there can be okay. only one. No, I think you're thinking one, of Highlander. One, <laughs> one person is Mary Sue. And, then, and once they get the Scepter of the Shifting Sands and they're the best at Quidditch and uh, they're the only person who can resist yeah. uh, Voldemort. Okay. But reckon, again, this is... You'll be Harry Potter? No, no I'm not even going to try for it. No desire. Um, but oh, not with what... that attitude. No, not with that attitude, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but again, this is a ver another very good example uh, of the war effort. Back in the day, um, the yep. war effort took ages, um, and you need to do it in order to get access to the raids. So until that is unlocked on that server, nobody can get access into um, that raid. So it is in everyone's effort to do it as quickly and as efficiently as possible. But nowadays, it's actually firmly believed on most servers, the top guilds, whoever they may be, have already got everything they need stacked up and ready just to hand in, and the gates will open within hours of the release going out. So, like, all the magic of the war effort is just kind of gone. Oh. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a shame. And so how do you decide who gets to be Harry Potter? Um. Well, basically... It's probably whoever in whatever guild has put in the most hours or has done the most um, for the rest of the guild or is a guild leader or has stated from the start that this is what they want to do so everything in, in the guild is around this person getting that. So it is really going to be, it's kind of a, it's almost like a mafia thing. There's nobody can go in and ninja it. It has to be, you know, like a big guild with lots of people in it who are oh. all working towards that. Some, um, it's, it's, just, it's not like a, I don't know, the Hunger Games where one each guild gets to send a representative to the Thunderdome. <laughs> 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 I 
That um, would be the, cool. The, the, the scepter's <laughs> hanging from a rope on the ceiling. <laughs> okay. Mm. But yeah, um, along with that, yeah, you've got the two new um, two raids. Uh, once that opens up, hours after it releases, um, there is uh, there's a little um, sort of revamp of the gear as well. But uh, yeah, there's two new raids. One is the ruins of Ankaraj, and the other one is the temple of Ankaraj. Um, and is it is it all like Egyptian themed? It sounds Egyptian themed. Mm-hmm. This is what I was about to just touch on. It's oh. a weird fucking raid um, because yes, it is very very Egyptian. Like you straight up have you'll be fighting giant Osiris type guys, you mm-hmm. know, like jackal headed. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but you'll also be finding a lot of bugs. Was <laughs> it? Well, you know, they're scarabs. That's that's. Mm, yeah you could argue they're scarabs but they're there's like a big scorpion thing there's a tremors worm there is a bug trio there's a giant gloopy slime thing which can only be hit by frost yeah slime things not Mm. not uh on the mood board but uh the other things easily yeah okay yeah it's not super egyptian it is set in the desert but ultimately the final boss of the whole thing is is called Cthulhu, and mm. he is straight up Lovecraftian Cthulhu okay, shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah. He's not like a weird squiddy monster thing, but he's a sort of round giant eye, kind of like Sauron sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and he's a sort of round squid thing. And he's all to do with madness. Um, and he has a, like, you can suck people into his stomach and all this sort of stuff. Have a look for Cthulhu if you can be arsed um, after this. Um, and you can just see some pictures of him. And he's the, he's arguably one of the hardest bosses in the game. Um, which basically means that in between all of the double raids that we're doing, we're actually spending a lot of time and money, um, in-game money, um, to get ourselves geared up. Um, and why I say geared up it is actually because a lot of the damage that happens in Ankaraj is all nature-based damage. We're having to get mm. as much nature-resist yeah, gear yeah, as yeah. possible. Um, so it, we're doing that um, and we're creating nature protection potions and uh, other things similar basically just trying to find our um get ourselves as optimal as possible in there um and until we find out that you can just walk in and hit things and they die so easily (laughs) because that's the other thing is with every single one of these phases it's been like blackwing layer oh it's gonna change everything it's gonna be so so hard finished it you know, in a couple of nights, and that was it. And then now we've got it in an hour. And Zogarub didn't even phase us at all. I don't think I've done one um, death run from from Zogarub. Do uh, you imagine there's been a discussion, or maybe there are discussions about you know how would the how would the community or how would your guild react to uh, if when the next one comes out they've changed it. Yeah, and, and those changes could be uh, they've tweaked 
um, all the elemental things, or it could be actually we're just adding zeros to this HP bar. Um, or... Do you mean to the previous raids or the? So well, I guess with all of them, but you know, with this up with this upcoming one, now that they've seen a couple of them, um, you know, be burnt through super quick. Um, well, yeah, there's definitely been voices in the community that have, uh, have actually asked for that. You know, sort of said, "Can you just give us a hard mode? You know, just yeah, add yeah. some, you know, add some zeros in there. It is too easy at the moment, um, and and that's not necessarily like." It, you know the big players of it or the the you know the basement dwelling ones it is like just generally like our guild is is casual casual plus we call ourselves because we do try you know but um we we're not struggling with any of this content um uh, and therefore i would say that the top guilds they all they're doing is speed running it and in fact like this week they're talking about someone who did um Blackwing layer in 25 minutes. He's like, wow. <laughs> I mean, that just shows you that it's far too easy and people just aren't getting to see the mechanics or sort of play about with them in that sort of fashion. Well, there you go. Exciting stuff. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm ending in a little bit of a downer. I am excited for Anchorage. Um, yeah. Because again i have seen uh, aq20 uh, but i've not seen aq40 um uh, so that's how they're kind of defined as well because one's a 20 man instance and one's a 40 man instance um yeah. but yeah it's um it's just going to be new um whether it's hard or not is i, I i'm kind of leaning towards the people are probably overhyping how hard that is yeah, um, but then that's that's yeah. fun and again this is um one of these unique things about video games and the way they release and update uh, is, you know, all the all the effort that you and your guild are doing, you know, kind of when you were discussing it, it kind of sounds like an Ewok village full of people <laughs> with like product, production lines, you know, that, oh, here's the mountain of nature resisting potions that we're just cranking out. Here's the is the mountain of you know this particular gear uh, that we're giving out? So, you know that that is clearly something that everyone's invested in and enjoying or putting time in. Um, so yeah, I I really enjoy that kind of anticipation. You know, when when you're kind of teased something in gaming and there's a lot of anticipation around it, and we've had that um, a bit with uh, these kind of um, short-term events in Pokemon Sword and Shield. Which we had no notice of. So in this, in your case, or in Wild's case, it's a bit strange because you sort of know what's coming up, but perhaps don't know exactly how it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you know the major beats. Um, uh, whereas you know, when uh, we were teased the Crown Tundra and Isle of Armor, and everyone it felt like everyone was you know doing that mini slowpoke event and uh, hatching slowpokes, and you were getting loads of slow, you know, loads of Galarian slowpokes, and then. Uh, they had the Mewtwo event, which was cool, and the Zero Aura event um, to just create that kind of buzz and excitement and anticipation around around something. Uh, and, and yeah, it, and it's just <laughs> like in these little sort of like forums and stuff like that. That's where all the buzz comes from. It's like, oh, like this person's doing the same thing I'm doing. This is cool, yeah, yeah. you know. And yeah. like, yeah. Even if it does mean you <laughs> open the gates within hours of the new content yep. launching and start ticking off both raids uh you know hours days 
whatever. In. Yeah. Well, I mean, I will, of course, update you. Um. <laughs> I look forward to it. I always, uh, it's, a, it's a weird thing to kind of, for you to be, you know, like my, my man on the inside. And, you know, I've, <laughs> I've, but, you know I know what WoW looks like, uh, uh, but, you know, no, yeah, no idea or willingness to kind of jump in. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's cool to get these updates uh, uh, from someone who's on the edge. But yeah, and then just to very quickly finish, um, the phase six is uh, for Naxermas, which is the final uh, big boss um, of the entirety of WoW Classic. Um, And that's going to be a great big raid that's actually meant to take hours to get through and ridiculously hard. But it is like it's proper. It's not like Egyptian shit. It's actually like undeads and paladins and stuff like that. So that's the one that we're all looking forward to. At that point, she's got the game sort of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I'm not going to ask you what are you playing, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, tell me about Pokemon. So, uh, I've pretty much been exclusively playing Pokemon Sword and Shield, uh, and if not on Sword and Shield, mucking around in home, you know, doing the wonder trades. Um, room trades are just broken. Have you ever tried to do a room chain room trade? I, on... How? I, I don't even understand what it is. Why is it even a fucking thing? Because there's no way for you to communicate with that other person. No, and all, all that happened. So, for those of you who don't know, uh, Pokemon Home uh, came out. It's a, it's a, it's an app. It's on the mobile phone, but it's also on the Switch. Uh, it's free, but there's a premium version. Um, it, it brings back a lot of functionality we had in older games. Uh, so there's some complaint about it being, you know, the old idea that we paid for. Uh, but in that you can see everything got stored on Pokemon Home, which is just a series of boxes, super fucking boring. Uh, and you can, you know, organize them by Pokedex number or height or uh, level or attack or whatever. Um, and there's also an area called uh, the GTS, which is the Global Trade Station. So you can put up, so say uh, you wanted a, I don't know, Oshawott. Uh, you can put a something you've got an abundance of, or you caught a high level, or whatever, or you've been breeding something. So I put my Jigglypuff on there. Say I want an Oshawott. Uh, that then sits there. Other players on Pokemon Home can find it uh, and trade. The other version, uh, which is kind of something they've introduced in last recent few games, is called Wonder Trade. So it's just random trade. So you put up, uh, I can't remember how many it is now, even though I do it every single day. 11? Something weird, isn't it? 3, 3, 5, 3. Is it eleven? I don't know. I, I gave up on Wonder Trees. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I put up eleven Pokemon. It might be stuff that I've caught that I don't want. Stuff that's come out of breeding that's not uh, genetically pure. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> dude! <laughs> wow. You know, yeah, eugenics that shit away, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then and then uh, you log in, uh, and then you you know after after a set period of time. Um, they changed the time, so now you can do it four times a day, I think. And you see what people have randomly traded for you. And then the other version they have is called Room Trade. And uh, when Home came out, and they've changed it now, maybe because of COVID, but also it, I don't know why it didn't work like this. But if, say, uh, you know, we can, you and I couldn't trade through Home. Um, 
because you had to be geographically next to somebody yeah. in order to just do a straightforward trade. You could kind of do it through the GTS, but that's a bit of a risk. Uh, and this other thing called room trade is uh, they've changed it again. I think you used to be able to do three a day, now you can do ten. Is you enter a, like a virtual lobby. Um, they've changed the timings. It used to be you have to wait for three minutes, I think, for the room to. So, how many people to get in the room? Then you had three minutes to choose a Pokemon, and then you'd kind of, you know, randomly swap the Pokemon with other people. It takes a little cutscene, and you'd get one of the Pokemon that was, that was kind of coming up. Um, and all that happens uh, is you create a room, uh, and you either get into a room that has 10 or so people in, and normally that room will go through to the next phase. Or you end up in a room with one or two people in, and it either boot you out, or everyone will leave before the timer uh, times out. It's yeah. it's the most. But it, it's the same. It's the same issue again with just like normal trades as well. I don't even understand how or why that exists. Like you can just like say to the the whole world, like you go in, you say a thing, I want to trade, so you go into into it and some random person goes into a trade with you and yeah. you you can highlight an Eevee and yeah. and he'll do something and then it's just kind of like what, why is this? What is even happening here? There's no way to say <laughs> yes I want this one, no I yeah. don't want this one or I am yeah, looking yeah. for something like this and it's just yeah. like what, uh, why? You know it's like I understand it existing if you're like you know standing next to someone and you say I- i'd like to get you know this but yeah. why can you randomly choose somebody on the internet to swap a pokemon with that you can't even you know s- state your preference of pokemon to them you yeah. know yeah yeah and it wouldn't be you know i understand that uh you know the nintendo pokemon company whatever game freak are very uh conscious of uh, protecting players, particularly younger players. Yeah, yeah. Like, they had that issue with Chatot for a long time as well. <laughs> yeah, they did. So, to their, to their credit, you know, they are some of the friendliest games you can find. Uh, um, uh, very rarely do you get any kind of um, uh, harassment. You know, occasionally, you get the naughtily named um, Pokemon, which they seem to have gone backwards on. It used to be strict for a while, and now uh, it seems to be much worse. So I can understand that, but you know, give us tools. Sorry, like give us an t- example there. <laughs> Notly named. Um, for... Yeah, so you know, so if you if you decide to to call your onyx uh, turd anal snake beads. or shit, shit snake or anal beads, yeah. um, you can. Uh, and then if you join a raid with you know a random person on the internet, they will see uh, shit snake. Or if you trade it to them, you know, it will say shit snake arrived from wherever. Um, and the filter used to be, I think it used to be a filter. There doesn't seem to be a filter now. I've, I've been in raids and received trades. Pokemon Go still has a very, very strict filter on it, and it, <laughs> it's fun because uh, I, I try to find the best way to get round. Um, so a lot of these ones, and name them the most obscene things I can. So, yeah. like, very famously, remember when, when I met up with, uh, with Fraz? And it's like, right, okay, I named my Pokemon Deep Throat. What is my Pokemon? Gyarados? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, Boom! Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, so I spent a lot of time um, 
choosing the uh, dirtiest names possible because yeah. that is uh, that's my escapism Farley <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to deal with politics and, and uh, uh, all this drama I'm just going to go and give some name my Dragonite game. erection yeah <laughs> to then trade to a seven year old in Japan oh. <laughs> no um, erection's yeah, the... got great stats <laughs> I'd never trade with it the, with the trading uh, yeah, I don't know why they don't give us, you know, some tools. You know, it could just be a list of species names, uh, a tick or a cross or a thumbs up or whatever symbol. An eggplant emoji. Yeah, yes, exactly. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so minor aside, complaining about home, which is you know obligatory at this point. Um, just really enjoying. I think what the Isle of Arms added is it's nice to just be in that in that world in that space. Uh, and going back to what we were saying earlier about you know being with working within um, certain rule sets, uh, I've got it into my head. Or something I like to do is if I've got a particularly special Pokemon or a shiny that I've bred, found, or got traded, uh, I'll kind of make sure they have a very good move set um, that they have all their uh, stats. You know, all their, uh, have all their stats optimized. Uh, and the other thing, which is a purely cosmetic thing, which they've kept in, they, for one generation they pretended it didn't exist, um, but that's the ribbons <laughs> that you can get. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So going as far back to Sapphire on the GBA, uh, you would get ribbons for, for doing certain achievements. So if you beat the Elite Four, you'd get a ribbon. If you had Max Friendship, you'd have a ribbon. Uh, you could transfer it to Coliseum or XD and beat the 100 Battle Challenge. you get a different kind of ribbon. Uh, and so there are a few available in Sword and Shield. So uh, all I've been doing, because now I don't know where you are actually. I don't know if you, you, you imagine you dropped off, but um, I'd say I'm fairly firmly in end game. So uh, I'm maxing out cash every day, uh, slowly just buying up everything in the clothes shops. Uh, kind of got a root of. You know, bury trees and hidden items, and then convert some of those in the chromatic, and then sell those off. Uh, got all the berries that I could ever need, so so firmly in endgame, and so that's what I've been doing. And so this last couple of days has been this weird. You know how you set you set you end up setting yourself up meta challenges, and this is what I wanted to talk about because nobody, <laughs> is, yeah, you know, absolutely nobody is coming into my house and saying oh you know show me your pokemon and, and like oh i can't believe you went with that build or haven't you got this haven't you got that um it's hey, just Jeff. something that he's got. <laughs> except me occasionally except you occasionally <laughs> but then but then you're i feel like you're not on the other extreme end of the spectrum but you know you're not you know i don't think you've ever no. been that interested in ribbons um uh you know getting to builds every now and then but not not kind of um, obsessively, uh, and so the the challenge has been uh, so there are four, five ribbons, one, two, three, four. I think there are five ribbons available in Sword and Shield, uh, two of which you could get before. Um, and there's one for beating the uh, the not the elite four, the tournament that you have uh, at the end, which is dead simple. What I really like about this is they they've changed that. So instead of it being you have to go through four uh, trainers and then beat the champion. You just, you go into a tournament. And you have to win three battles. So uh, you can just you know put on a good Pokemon. I think the 
NPCs are level 70 or something, uh, and it's trivial to just go through and get those. So, so what I typically do is have my good mon at the front, the five that I want to get the Galar champion ribbons in the back, um, or sometimes just go all six uh, new ones, uh, bash through that, and then you'll get this ribbon. Um, easy peasy. There's one ribbon you get for beating a player in master rank online. So it's essentially a PvP ribbon. Um, fortunately, my you know irrational rule set has decided that I am not interested in getting these ribbons. Um, <laughs> okay. Despite how optimal builds. Well, it's partly because, uh, and again, irrational rules, it's probably because there are some Pokemon, it is impossible to get that ribbon port. Oh, yeah, that's true, that's true. I've got my Gigantamax uh, Meowth, all right? It's a, it's a gimmick build. Uh, it's a, it, You can't evolve it into a Persian. Uh, if I put it on a team and I do well enough in competitive in the season to hit Master Rank, uh, I'd have to be doing exceptionally well to have this <laughs> Meowth in the back to pick up this ribbon. Uh, so... Part of my mind has, has decided, actually, I'm fine with not getting the Master Rank Ribbons. Uh, and then the last one is, you get a Ribbon for uh, beating Leon in the Battle Tower. So there's a, the, the Battle Tower, as I mentioned before, is much, much easier in this game. Um, so, you know, if you have a team with your... Throwing your best team, chances are you go through, a, I think it's a random number of battles, uh, and eventually Leon pops up on rotation. So this is, you have to yes. beat... The tower you have to get to master ball rank first uh which is easy you don't really drop ranks you just kind of keep battling and winning and then you get there and then every now and then leon will come up you beat leon and if you beat him everyone who you use in your party so that'll be four pokemon will be doing doubles three pokemon will be doing singles will end up with the battle tower so it's battle tower and a battle tree battle tower ribbon and so i've been doing that and and initially you know i was picking and choosing uh some of the, the most competitive mon um and that was easy to do and then now i'm kind of down to the weird weirdos and you know just <laughs> just kind of average pokemon um so in order to kind of minimize the amount of time i'm sat just going through the battle tower uh, winning and i've got so many battle points uh, which is normally a rare resource but i think i'm up to 700 just through getting two every battle um you also get rare berries as well so i've got i think i've got three of each of the rare berries just just in this ribbon quest one of the bonuses in this ribbon quest is getting all these rare berries and these battle points um and then leon who you face he changes his team a little bit but he always has a charizard who he gigantamaxes uh and then he normally has two out of three of the starters, uh, a really annoying Seismitoad or a really annoying Aegislash. Uh, and so that's what I've been doing, is sometimes succeeding, sometimes failing and getting, pulling a team of losers through just to get this fucking virtual ribbon, which no one will ever see. Uh, <laughs> and that's been fun. <laughs> and that has, that has been fun. That's um, cool. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. But you see what um, I mean about you know artificial rule sets and, and that's yeah, one of the things I, know, I like absolutely. about this this game. And yeah, uh, to, to, to sort of bring it back on WoW as well is like with WoW you kind of need to as soon as you get in decide what you're gonna do because if you don't do anything you'll just there's so many ways that you could just fret all your errors and you do nothing. So yeah. you kind of like 
like yeah, last night um, I decided right okay I'm gonna step in and I am going to do nothing but I have a, a little area where um, I'm sort of grinding items that are sell quite well on, on the auction house so I'm doing that to get gold so that I can buy some of the nature protection potions or the mats for it and stuff like that. So it's just like, right, you need to do that, then you do that. I am, um, or another day I went to a dungeon because you can get certain mats in there. So I went that dungeon by myself. That is my goal. That is the thing I'm going to do. Because if you don't have those things, you can just sort of wander or end up just chatting to your guildmates and not actually <laughs> achieving anything in the fucking game. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, and I. Um, I think on a, in that similar vein, um, with the Isle of Armour expansion, so it, was, it was kind of hard to do it before. So we've talked, uh, we've mentioned on the blog many times and a couple of times on podcasts. Uh, you know, sometimes the the real uh, longevity of a Pokemon game is is what happens after you know you finish the story. Um, how compelling is that that bit afterwards when you might just yeah. be breeding shiny hunting um ribbon challenges uh and in some games it's been poor it's next to nothing to do in other games there's kind of been a richness of distractions so you know oh actually there's this battle tower here or i'm going to get my festival plaza up to ridiculous levels so i can you know grind yeah. for this one particular rare item um and prior to uh, the Isle of Armour coming out, uh, I kind of got it down to it's essentially half an hour of running around the wild area. There's a couple of daily things you can do. So you, there's a lottery you can do. There's a guy who will pay above the odds um, for rare items. Uh, but essentially, you just do a big circuit of the wild area, hoover up all the berries, hoover up all the hidden items. Uh, there's a couple of NPCs who will give you stuff for what's there's a woman you can challenge who gives you loads of money uh and then a few of these other things but it was kind of down to half an hour um and then in this uh, uh this expansion um if if like you say you're not focused or you don't really know what you're doing you can easily just waste you know a day's worth of gaming just kind of sauntering about oh you know do a few raids i'll get you know what's here i'll go over here uh, it's it's a far bigger area to kind of just cleanly hoover up, and I'm I'm finding that conflicting. <laughs> so on the one hand, I I really like it, right? But especially because you see your Pokemon, so you know it, it is that kind of immersion on this island. Despite what I said at the top of the podcast about escapism, uh, yeah. um, uh, and you you just have a wonderful time to kind of idling around. You know, oh, there's an item there. Oh, there's a berry there. Um, uh, oh, I'll go and do this raid. Oh, I've done all the raids. They popped again. I'll, you know, I'll see if I can hunt out the, the artificial purple one. Uh, so there's that side which I like. But then I could just, you know, use all my, all my time every day just kind of doing circuits around the wild area and, and Isle of Armor, uh, uh, and not picking up these ribbons or, or you know, shiny hunting or whatever it is that uh, that I feel like I should be doing sometimes. Yeah. Well, I mean. I think I mean you you know that I'm spending more time on WoW than I am on Pokemon and 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 yeah. this generation of Pokemon I I've kind of already sort of mentioned this before is Endgame is a little bit um I'm finding it hard to be drawn into it as much as I was with the other ones purely because I think it's because it's no longer on a portable format as I know mm-hmm. you can argue that you know it's on the Switch but it's not a 
it's not something you can just keep in your coat pocket like you could the 3ds you know yeah um so it's, it's a little bit less engaging for me in that fashion but secondarily because everything is so easy to get to your you know get to your best possible pokemon with the best build and things like that um it's kind of like i am not motivated i know that sounds so stupid and so the wrong way around (laughs) but it's kind of like when it was harder it was kind of like right okay i need to knuckle down i need to get xyz done yeah but now i need i need i need a pen and paper and a spreadsheet yeah yeah but now it's kind of like ugh, whenever i need it i'll do it you know and whenever i need it it's just not happening because i'm not actually playing it you know so it's kind of it's it's a weird um vicious cycle almost where yeah. it's just sort of I'm not playing it because there's I, there's no need for me to play it and which is you know it's just dragging me down that path of not wanting to play it um, yeah. which is a shame because like I don't know I there have been quite you're, a few you do Sorry, go in phases of, you do go in, you personally yeah. do get in phases with Pokemon as well so I, I fully anticipate a future time uh, perhaps when Wow, classic content run out where you <laughs> yeah, in, uh, uh, and then you you know just this amazing team of annoying Pokemoners you've been working away at will suddenly appear. Yeah, I mean, I, no, and like that's why we used to have those challenges. That's what really used to really really get me ridiculously into it. Was I know, like, I'm thinking. We need to have another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just thinking that. That'd be quite... Because uh, we could cap that and put it up on our, our video yeah. podcast. Podcast TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like... The, the, we used to do these monotype challenges where we would randomly get assigned a single Pokemon type out of the 17 that are available. And then we just had to train the hell out of that. Uh, or make six Pokemon that were viable um to fight uh versus that uh, other six so for instance i think one time i had water and you had bug um uh, yeah i got a dark because these are the, these are some of the guys i'm um now putting through this ribbon challenge so uh you know i'd sableye and zoroark which is from when i had dark I yeah dark at one point uh yeah but i i guess uh one of the things i didn't say is i'm glad this stuff exists because uh whether or not and again people in the people in the community um have been saying that uh you know they're gearing this one more towards competitive and that this expansion's the competitive expansion um which i don't really i don't really agree with at all i think it's some of it People are just coming up within their own minds because they think there's this artificial division between people who play Pokemon competitively and people who play it for whatever other reason. Um, but I'm glad this other stuff does exist. Um, uh, and with the Pokemon Company and Game Freak and whatever, because they're so cryptic about why they do things, uh, is always kind of second guessing, you know, well, they, they put all this stuff in here. Um, you know, so do they anticipate that, that there'll be people like me who will spend hours 
grinding out ribbons? <laughs> Do they anticipate that if they don't people? say anything, they can't be proven wrong? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, do they, you know, do they anticipate that there are, um, uh, you know, that people will just just co- completely break the item economy and, and and just have hundreds of this and hundreds of that? Uh, yeah. But then I guess that's another plus point towards the game, right? There, there are there's not one way to play it. There are, yeah. You know, hundreds of ways to play it and that's the weird thing at the heart of it apart from our challenges is um i'm not really interested in playing um online or competitively either so i don't know maybe a therapist will be able to tell me that why am i why am i making all these optimal competitive pokemon <laughs> to then never use them or you know to only use them uh against the cpu i don't know is the answer to that question yeah uh, it's uh, it- I don't know. It's just nice to actually finally have those, but I think I think when we when this when Sword and Shield first came out, and when I was just walking into raids and I was getting, you know, six perfect IVs, and I was like, what What is this game? This is like <laughs> one of the hardest things to achieve in the world, and I just randomly got, you know, six perfect IVs and a Charizard. Like, oh, okay, great. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. it, it really, it's kind it of really shat over all of the previous work that I've done. <laughs> it really doesn't help with the hoarding mentality either, right? Because, you know, box, uh, Pokemon Home comes with how many yeah, slots. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I can't get rid of that because that's got its hidden ability. And I might need that hidden ability if I ever decide to make a, a version. Of, oh, I quite like this Pokemon in this ball. So I've got to keep one in a, you know, in a fancy ball. Uh, you know, one of the Apricorn <laughs> balls, and um, yeah. oh, and then and then as you just said, you know, I've absolutely I've stumbled across a, uh, you know, five best IV copper Raja and the five stats that you need the best. Uh, okay, I must make sure that I don't trade that away. And it's like, why? Why are you hoarding all this stuff that you'll never ever use? So I guess that's that's one of the reasons, perhaps, why I like doing these um these ribbon. You know, that you you max out the uh, EVs, you can now max out the IVs. Uh, put together a, a robust move set and get the ribbons out because then that to me that's uh you know that's kind of um finishing you know putting the cherry on the cake because okay i don't have to worry for the time being about this pokemon or this species because it's now done and dusted uh, and i can move on to something else so i think yeah but it, it's not always the case like, like i was saying the other day there it's like i i have uh, two viable sylvians I would love to have a shiny Sylvian, and before the Sylvians were able to be, you know, sent over from the previous game, I was Sylveon hunting with you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just fucking uh, nuts, you know. I mean, yeah, I mean, I you know I have five Wobbuffet builds, and bearing in mind, how many Wobbuffet moves can he learn? <laughs> it's the smallest move set. Wait, because I've got, I've got, I've got uh, two that I drag through games, and so I've kind of, you know. Uh, fix them up uh, in terms of stats and I've got one that's defense leaning one that's special defense leaning uh, then I've got a shiny that I've got in a trade but I can't change its name and then I'm currently shiny hunting for another one so that I can name it myself hopefully I've got a shiny male <laughs> and I've got a shiny male and female you know and that's a that's a, a Pokemon with virtually no moveset uh, and yeah I've ended up with four or five different different yeah. versions of it um, to bring to the game anyway so yeah I'm glad we've had this a chat because there have been moments where I've been like, am I having fun? <laughs> you know, or, or is this a good use of time uh, to be trying to drag 
a barbarical and a Shedinja through a battle tower to get a ribbon that no one will see. Um, but you know, it's the it's the war. You know, it's fine to do things that you enjoy. I think, and for some reason, yeah, it seems yeah, really no, exactly. Hard. It seems really hard I mean, to keep that in mind. Yeah, um, and kind of just to go back on what I was talking about with the spelled, and that is something that really has been playing on my mind a lot. That is the thing that I have been thinking about before I fall asleep at night. <laughs> so, mm. You know, just to go back on that point. So I was like. Um, it was a, a week or so ago um, one of my guildmates managed to get one of uh, the items that is really really key for the um, the spell and building, it's called the Blade of Hana and he just sort of because he knows that I like playing about with the spell and thing, he sort of goes, do you, do you want it? you know, because I got it for so cheap, I'll give it to you for the same price and I'm like, really? okay, I mean it's, it's not cheap cheap it's cheap for what that item was yeah, uh, it's just like I was thinking. Oh, I've got the AQ thing coming up, and it's only really a silly meta that actually makes Rip Paladins worse, but <laughs> damage-wise, at least. Um, I don't know. So I kind of said no to him, and then that night I was just couldn't stop thinking about. I should get that blade. I should get that blade. I really should get that blade. <laughs> it's like literally yeah. first thing in the morning, go yeah. up and just sort of send him a message. You, you still got that sword, by the way. <laughs> like... yeah. uh, um, absolutely. Um, I mean, the same thing happened. I think we mentioned it uh, on the potty. Um, but there's a new move tutor in Isle of Armor, um, and it has a new rock type move. Uh, yeah, the special how, I guess, move. How could I best make use of that? And it's like, mm, Lunatone uses it. Oh, okay. And then, you know, I'm sure a couple of nights, you know, laying there waiting to fall asleep, it was like, okay, if I got Lunatone, you know, okay, I can get him there so I could just. <laughs> da, 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 da. And then, you know, before you know it, I shiny hunted a Lunatone. Uh, he now has that move. Uh, oh, sorry. They now have that move. Uh, I've run them through the battle tower. They now have that, have that nice little ribbon and they're, and they're sitting there waiting. So, yeah, it's that. Uh, I think that's what that's what uh, games which have that uh, kind of com- uh, we keep saying complexity. It needs a better word, but, you know that kind of complexity of ecosystem or rules or, or things you can do. So you know I can either do crafting or I could be breeding or I could be shiny hunting or I could be you know sorting out my gear, um, and then it allows you to to kind of come up with these little projects i guess and that's what i that's what i'm loving about pokemon is these projects uh and then and then uh, kind of working on them and i guess that's where you're currently at with your speladin yeah well i mean it's not actually been tested in the wild um so i uh, <laughs> <laughs> i think next tuesday um i'll be trying out the speladin um with all of the gear that i've got um and then just seeing how disappointingly it sort of floats yeah, in, in, you know, in the damage and then, meter. <laughs> and then you'll kind of, whatever, shelf that idea or, or you know, well, that away. That's the thing, it's still perfectly viable out in the real world. Uh, what's the real world? Fucking hell, Richie. Out in Azeroth. <laughs> <laughs> still perfectly viable, and I'm glad that I've done it, you know? Yeah, um, yeah that's, there... it. that's exact. I think that's exactly the feeling, right? It's, yeah. You know, I can still run around on my own game with, with uh, you know, my shiny wiggly tap who has heal pulse, helping hand, and something else. I'm not going to win the world to that. Point. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not even going to try. Um, no. <laughs> but I'm happy that I have it, and it's there should I want it. Uh, 
uh, and I tried, yeah, and that was, you know, that little project done. Yeah, cool. Right, um, so I think the last thing, um, unless there's anything else Pokemon related you wanted to bring up. No, that's it, just uh, that's an update. So, yeah, one thing that we sort of touched on was partners and um, trying to get them involved in games and things like that. So, um, one of the games my other half quite likes is, is she's really into um, beat em ups. <laughs> Button bashers. <laughs> Button bashers. No, no, as in like side scrolling beat em ups. Um, uh-huh. So, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we, um, we, I bought the um, Capcom beat em up bundle. Oh yeah, it's actually called the beat 'em up bundle. I, I didn't even know this existed, um, and so uh, we've been playing through um, those versions, of, uh, sort of, of beat 'em ups, the Capcom ones, um, and they're really good fun. It's like it's a, a bundle of like seven um, of the uh, the old arcade Capcom games. Yeah, um, came out um, a while ago. A, a couple of years ago, yeah. Um, 2018, yeah. Um, and it's on Switch and I think every platform. But yeah, it's just it was. I think it was cheap in the Steam summer sale or whatever, you know. So I picked it up. Um, and yeah, it's seven games. They're well presented. They're of course uh, four by three because of the the old arcade machines. Um, not being widescreen. Um. But yeah, it's it's fun. So you got games like uh, Final Fight, which was actually is one of these games that I knew existed and knew things about, but didn't realise um, were like it was directly connected to like the Street Fighter series. So like mm. the characters in it, like Hagar and Cody and uh, all yeah, that, yeah. they they're in Street Fighter from Street Fighter Four onwards sort of thing, and I, and I didn't realize and poison comes from final fight as well yeah and i was just like ah there's poison and there's these guys and like oh this is quite cool so there's a different origin i didn't realize that they just decided to merge those two universes or that the final fight universe was in fact in the street fighter universe or whatever (laughs) so that was quite fun yeah um and yeah the other games they've got they've got captain commando which i haven't Mm -hmm jumped into but of course it's capcom's namesake yeah uh, they've got this is a perfectly good name for a mobile game you ready for this yeah the king of dragons oh god so, so <laughs> i mean you can't afford it right it's old but that would be a uh you know that'd be a 10 cent mobile game uh you see the adverts for it um, and they wouldn't show you any gameplay uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> Um, and is, all right, okay. Is the uh, dinosaurs and Cadillacs on there? No, it's not. Ah, boo. Uh, but yeah, the King of Dragons is all sort of uh, Capcom Final Fight meets Dungeons and Dragons. So okay. you have, <laughs> so you have, uh, was it five characters? You have like a fighter, a wizard, a cleric, an elf, and a dwarf. I don't know why the elf and dwarfs are just defined by the race. It's weird, not, isn't it? Yeah, not by the careers. It's always yeah. the class and then uh, uh, <laughs> races. Yeah. 
Um, and yeah, the simplicity of these games as well is quite uh, strong because they are just they're just two buttons. Um, so like with most other buttons, you have like a jump button, you've got a strong attack, a weak attack, and then a special attack or something like that. With these, it's just straight up. You have a punchy move, and you have a jump. That is it. Like. There is no other variation there. There's no four buttons. It is, you can press the two together and you do a special attack. But all of these games follow that exact same principle of you just have a basic attack. And with the uh, with the King of Dragons, which played through, um, it was it's it's quite easy. But there's no comboing in it either. Okay. So, so it's like even in Final Fight, like you can like get into a combo one, two, three, fight, yeah, yeah. and then chuck them or something like that. With this, it's just straight up throw a fireball, throw a fireball, throw a fireball, or hit once, hit once, hit once, hit once, and that's it. And you're like, I feel like this is the weakest of the lot, and it's got this <laughs> pseudo RPG system in it as well. So at the end of every level, you get a new. Um, item which improves your fireball or your sword or you get a, a a level up which i think gives you more health but okay ultimately so everybody the- levels up and i think it is just based on each level there is no actual rpg mechanic it's just if you were to go to level 14 your character would be this level and okay. you would have all of these items okay. uh, and between each level you get to change your characters as well which is quite cool and different but yeah good um, what else is in the uh, there's Knights of the Round uh, which I haven't fired up but is um, <laughs> you kind of mix those two up King of the Dragons Knights of the Round <laughs> um, and it doesn't involve uh, being summoned a million times against Ruby weapon oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is it's King Arthur so you get um you get Arthur, Lancelot, and Percival as your characters. Um, and I'm guessing they are going to be burly white men that hit things. Yeah. Um, and Morgana Le Fay is going to be in there at some point. Merlin. Yeah, Merlin maybe as well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say that King of Dragons uh, has no female characters at all in it. Um, except for a princess, which I rescued. Which you know, <laughs> early nineties games. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the next one they have is Warriors of Fate, which is uh, yeah, yeah. That's all just um, samurais, or yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah along those lines, and it's just um, all old Japanese sword slashing, um, and uh, yeah. Well, I mean it's again follows the same mechanic um, and I'm sure it's fun I've only just touched the surface of it the next one did any of these characters appear in that in that Capcom gacha game that you liked I don't play a Capcom gacha game Uh, yeah the big RPG which had all the Capcom characters the big RPG with all the Capcom characters in it yeah I, uh, I don't know what you're talking. That's not Gacha. Basically, there's nothing Gacha about it. 
Yeah, you go through and you collect all the characters. Anyway, we're one of these characters in that game. You don't collect the characters. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you the unlock the characters. Yeah. There, there's no. You don't characters. get like. You don't get shards of them, and then you have to combine a hundred shards, and then count, combine another two hundred shards to create the second level of them, or whatever. No, no, no. Um, I think. Um, I don't know. I mean, Captain Commando definitely turns up in um, Project Cross Zone. Project Cross Zone's like, it's just an action RPG. It's not gacha in any way. <laughs> just so Sorry, we're gotcha. clear here. Oh, collecting, char- collecting characters carries that game. It's not even as using the characters and choosing the characters. Like, you have to use almost all of them. Oh, man. You do not know what that game is. You would love it. <laughs> right. I've seen videos. Uh, um, I don't know. Um, I actually haven't uh, gone back to look at whether or not these characters are... <laughs> um, Generic dwarf is in there. <laughs> <laughs> Elf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, it's like... Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe? Um, you've thrown me off uh, with that one. Um because I'm so angry that you're calling it a gacha game and you know it. <laughs> the gacha game. Um, but yeah, Captain like Commando definitely more. turns up. Oh, man. Do you, do you know what I'm going to do? Next podcast is going to be all about Project Cross Zone. One and two. <laughs> well, maybe we'll find out if any of these characters are in those games. Yeah, yeah, maybe. What's the other, what are the other games in this? Number? Okay, there's just two more uh, games. Uh, one of them so is... How many, sorry, how many were there in total? Seven. And how many? How much did it cost you? Do you remember? Oh god, I think it was something like five ninety nine or something like that. Oh, okay, that's pretty good value. It really is, uh, but the games are quite short. I mean, okay. you will finish final final fight in you know an hour, hour and a half. It's, okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, um, the next one is Armored Warriors, which is uh, an odd take on beat 'em ups. It's basically fighting robots that move unrealistically quickly, sort of along those <laughs> giant mecha things that the yeah, Japanese yeah, yeah. love so much. Um, it is. It wasn't fun to play. Um, oh. They did introduce like a special mechanic in it. So again, you press the two buttons together, but then there didn't seem to be a way to get that special move back. So of course, first time playing it, you do your special move, and then you're like, "Oh, I can't use my special move ever again." <laughs> <laughs> um, well, but... don't don't forget, a lot of these games were initially designed to just eat your, uh, you know, your coins. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it has a weird mechanic because you can shoot as well. So there's a lot of um, you have to be firing sort of like bullet heli. At the same time, firing bullets at your um, enemies and then sort of jumping in with a combo of some sort with your with your machine. I it, I played the first level of it, and it was a thing, but I just didn't feel engaged with it at all. Um, but I mean that is what it is. Um, and the last one, Battle Circuit. Have you heard of Battle Circuit before? No, it's not ringing any bells. 
Right. Um, Battle Circuit is what I refer to as the batshit crazy uh, one because it is absolutely nuts. The um, and you know it's like super Japanese. Um, so it's taking place in the year twenty XX, mm-hmm. and it is like the characters you have. Like one of the characters' names is um, Pink Ostrich. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you get like the, everybody's sort of like different colors. Um, so Pink Ostrich is basically a a girl called Paula Abdul, um, who um sits on a pink ostrich, um, and the Paula ostrich. Paula Abdul. Yeah, straight up. After uh, Paula yep. Abdul. After Paula Abdul. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, who sits on this pink ostrich um, is the only pink ostrich in the world that can fly uh, <laughs> and it makes one noise and it's so frustrating to listen to um, but yeah they are you sure <laughs> are you sure you just didn't accidentally sit back too fast and had a concussion and you've just completely imagined this last game in the bundle Listen, have you fucking ch- have you Google that it exists? <laughs> Google uh, Battle Circuit. There is a, there's a, a cat woman in it as well, who's kind of like Felicia, um, yeah. uh, called uh, Yellow Iris, and then you got like generic Captain Silverman, who mm-hmm. yeah, and um, yeah, yeah, I mean. Oh, here we go. Cyber Blue, a seasoned bounty hunter with several cybernetic attachments to his body, makes a cameo appearance in Project Cross Zone 2 in Captain hey. Commando's solo unit attack. <laughs> so, yeah, it, they, they do turn up in other ones then. There we go. That's it's nice. not a gacha game. <laughs> but, yeah, the other thing is, it is epileptic nightmare. There is uh, okay. so much screen flashing. There is so many obnoxious sounds going on. The first boss character I fought was Elvis, um, and it's, it's just it's fucked up. Proper Japanese mad mentalness, um, and, and it's everything you kind of expect from a game in the late nineties that was in the arcade. Um, but yeah, it's uh, have a little look at. Um, just look it up and have a look at some of the screenshots or video gameplay of it. It's uh, it's nuts. I didn't like it because I couldn't keep track of what was going on in the st- screen, <laughs> and there was too many blips and blops and flashes. I was, uh, I was like, oh, I don't like this. I'm done. I'm not interested <laughs> in this one. You know, there's fucking uh, that, that's it really. Um, but yeah, that's um. That's that's a fun one. Uh, so we've been um, playing through that two-player cooperatively. Good fun together. Um, and that, that's kind of what I was talking about earlier with the, the whole finding games that your partner likes to play. Um, she's also quite enjoying uh, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Did you know that the DS, there's a rumour that DLC in um, <laughs> Mortal Kombat 11 <laughs> might have yeah. Ash from Evil Dead in it. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Is there any? Uh, is there any other evidence? I mean, has Bruce Campbell said anything about it on Twitter? Well, Bruce Campbell actually denied it, but um, oh, 
<laughs> who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Um, but yeah, they did. Uh, I don't know if you saw that there's uh, because there's no season four of Ash versus Evil Dead. That there's going to be a season four game of Ash versus Evil Dead. Oh God! <laughs> okay, yeah, that is <laughs> great. Who's, yeah. who's making that? Like I said, there are a stack of Evil Dead games out there, some of which are good, some of which are not so good. Um, Time Splitters 2 is an Evil Dead game, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, if you throw in, uh, you know, a visit, Evil Dead episode of Reboot as well. If you throw <laughs> in the broader uh, electronica, electronica or digitalis uh, Evil Dead representation, yeah, there's quite, quite a few. <laughs> well, I remember playing a... I've just had flashbacks of like, playing a point-and-click Evil Dead game. What? Wow! Yeah, 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 there was sort of a you're in the in the uh, old cabin. Wow! Back in the early two thousands. I don't believe that exists. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Right. We'll see whether Mortal Kombat can join the heady heights of the Evil Dead. Okay. Cool. I mean, well, so. I think uh, on that bombshell oh fuck off i can't believe i just said that bombshell <laughs> now that we've mentioned wow pokemon and bruce campbell's potential uh cameo in Mortal Kombat, <laughs> time to cue the music see you next time see you bye farley goodbye bye, bye. hello more work all right